few weeks, um, I want to spend some time talking uh, about the family. Um, and we live uh, in a culture, in a time when uh, the family is obviously uh, under attack um, from every angle. Um, when uh, the definition uh, of family um, is under attack. Um, used to, if you said, um, may mention in, in her testimony, thanking God for a Christian family, uh, there was a time when you said the word family, uh, pretty much everybody knew what you were talking about. Uh, it meant there was, uh, there was a husband and a wife, mama, daddy, uh, and some kids. Um, now that's not necessarily the case in our uh, in our world uh, anymore. Um, and um, God just um, I said I uh, just laid this on my heart several months ago. Actually, uh, coming after uh, Easter, uh, we would uh, deal with uh, this topic. And uh, again, we're gonna uh, I want to spend uh, right now the way I. I uh, think it's going to play out. We're going to talk general today about uh, the family, about marriage. Uh, then we'll focus on the, the husband, then the wife, uh, and then parents. Uh, and uh, we'll take that, uh, that uh, course over the next uh, four weeks. And just, uh, again, uh, for many people here today, uh, you may say, well, I got it. I, why, why are you bothering uh, you obviously have not uh, turned on the news or looked around you uh, in, uh, in this world. We, we need to address uh, the family. Uh, it is being uh, dictated to us by um, a liberal uh, media and society and politicians. Uh, it is being defined by uh, those who obviously have no uh, spiritual, scriptural um, understanding of what God uh, and how God uh, designed uh, the family and what his intent was. Uh, and uh, so uh, I do want to, over the next few weeks, I hope uh, uh, we will um, be enlightened, informed, encouraged. Um, your children, your, your grandchildren, uh, some of you, your great-grandchildren uh, are in a world um, where uh, they're not learning the same family values you did. Uh, again, you may be trying to teach them in your home, and I hope you are, uh, but uh, the, they are bombarded um, by television, by media, the Internet, uh, in, uh, in many classrooms, not necessarily all of them, thank God for uh, godly Christian school teachers, but uh, all are not uh, godly Christians. And so your children, your grandchildren, for some of you again, your great-grandchildren, uh, are getting a different um, lesson uh, than uh, you might be teaching uh, in your home. Uh, and so uh, over these next few weeks, we're going to look at a biblical uh, definition uh, of family and marriage and uh, what God uh, intends uh, for the family to look like. So if you will, uh, if you got your Bibles open to the second chapter of Genesis, um, we're going to start in the 18th verse, and I want to read this this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read together. I'm, I want you to see these words. Uh, I hope you'll read along. Um, and, uh, and, and see this original uh, design of God. Again, marriage was the first institution uh, that God uh, set aside. Even before the church, uh, God uh, set aside the family. Beginning in verse 18, it says, And the Lord said, God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call him. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 
And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and they shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that uh, you will guide me this morning and these next uh, a few weeks as we talk about uh, the home, the family. Uh, God, we recognize that uh, t- uh, traditional marriage, as you defined it, the family, the home, uh, is under attack. Uh, and God, we pray today and, and realize that uh, in speaking uh, and, and proclaiming your word in this area, uh, that we too will come under attack. God, that Satan will do everything uh, in his power to hinder the message. Uh, God, to interfere and interrupt and distract. Um, Lord, we pray today that uh, your Holy Spirit would bind Satan. Uh, God, that your word would be clear and plain to us uh, today, that there would be no question, uh, no doubt uh, as to your uh, definition, your expectation of a home, of marriage, uh, of the family, uh, as we look at your word. We'll give you the honor for it all, which in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. What's wrong? Okay. Mic number three. All right. We'll try that. Is that better? I can't tell. Uh, so, uh, we're going to talk about marriage. If you go up, uh, and we're not going to go there, but in Matthew chapter 19, uh, the Pharisees come to Jesus and, and they ask him uh, about marriage. They ask him uh, some questions about marriage, and what Jesus does uh, is what we're going to do this morning. Jesus immediately, uh, rather than uh, reinventing the wheel, and it appears I'm headed for microphone number four. Turned it off. Okay. Microphone 3B. We'll try it. Maybe we need microphone 4. Is that better? Okay. Can we turn this thing off? I feel like I'm preaching in my own left ear over here. Uh, it, uh, but uh, Jesus immediately does what uh, I want to do this morning. When the Pharisees came to him and uh, asked him about marriage, uh, he immediately took them to this passage. He took them to the book uh, of Genesis and began to uh, remind them of what God said, uh, that uh, it's not good uh, for man uh, to be alone, uh, that uh, he created a uh, woman out of uh, the rib of a man. And so that was uh, Jesus' uh, definition. Now, uh, let me say here, uh, before we go uh, any further, uh, it's, not, it's not that being single uh, is bad. Uh, you can be single and that's fine. Uh, Paul was single. Uh, There's nothing wrong uh, with being single. Uh, But if you're going to be married, this is uh, the guideline that that Jesus gives us. Um, And uh, as someone has said, uh, it's better to be single than to be in a bad marriage. And so uh, 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 that that is a truth that uh, I think some probably can uh, can relate to. And so uh, I just want to take a moment and look at this text today. Uh, And there's three things here uh, in the book of Genesis that uh, I think 
uh, are important to understand uh, about the concept uh, of marriage. And the first one is, uh, as we look at this passage again, uh, the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a help meet for it. I'm going to make a help meet for him. And so uh, the first thing we need to understand uh, about marriage, and, and this point uh, is really, uh, to be honest with you, is the bulk of, uh, of the message this morning uh, because I, I want to take it and turn it around uh, in, in several uh, different uh, directions. And the first point uh, is very simply this, is a happy home, uh, a Good marriage uh, is built upon finding God's person. Finding God's person. Finding the person that God uh, has established uh, and chosen uh, for you. Uh, Finding that person that uh, God has designed uh, especially uh, for you. And I I believe that. I I really do. Uh, I believe that God... Uh, has uh, designed somebody uh, for you. Uh, I believe that God has, uh, in His wisdom, in His uh, plan, has uh, laid out just as He did with Adam. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, as we look at this passage, the Bible says that uh, God made all the animals uh, come before Adam. Every one of them came uh, past him, and he named each one of them. But I think one of the other things uh, that God was doing there was not just having Adam name the animals. Uh, as the animals passed by, uh, God was showing Adam uh, that none of these are, are right for you. None of these are compatible. None of these uh, are, are, are created for you. But then one day, uh, God caused a deep sleep uh, to come on Adam. He removed that rib uh, and created a woman and brought her to Adam. And I think immediately, Adam's eyes lit up and immediately he recognized the difference in, in, in this creature that was set in front of him and all the other creatures that had passed before him. And he knew that that woman, that Eve, had been created especially for him, he recognized that uh, and, and knew uh, that uh, this creature, I've seen them all. Uh, I, I, you know, I can almost hear Adam say, I've seen them all, but that one, that's for me. That's the one that God uh, has created for me. One of the things that I, uh, I hope you are doing for your uh, children and your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, is I hope you start early uh, in their life as they're young, uh, beginning to pray uh, for their future spouse, praying uh, that God would lead them uh, to the person that uh, He has designed and created uh, especially for them. Uh, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of parents uh, wait till their children get married and, and, and their marriage, uh, the children, the marriage is falling apart and having all kinds of trouble. And then they start, oh, we've got to pray for them. Their, their marriage is in trouble. Uh, one of the things uh, I, I believe as godly parents and godly grandparents, great-grandparents, uh, that we should recognize, uh, and I hope you uh, agree with me on that statement. I believe uh, that uh, that God uh, has designed and ordained somebody, uh, chosen somebody uh, for uh, our children, for our grandchildren. I believe uh, right now uh, that somewhere out there, uh, there is a young man uh, that is growing up uh, that one day uh, my granddaughters uh, in another 40 or 50 years uh, will find, uh, and, and, you know, that, uh, and then they'll date for about 20, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, but I, I believe uh, that, and we should be praying uh, that God is preparing uh, that young man or that young woman, preparing our own child uh, to be uh, a godly uh, husband, godly uh, wife uh, as they go along. Uh, the only, uh, the, the beginning of, uh, of a happy home, of a godly home, it, it is found uh, in, in that uh, in that, that simple piece of finding the person uh, that God has found for you. 
while I'm there, let me just uh, throw this out there for free. It won't cost you any extra. I'm just uh, 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 naive enough that you're probably not going to find that person that God has designed for you in the bars and the dance halls and the honky-tonks and the disco. I don't know if there are discos anymore. You're probably not going to find them there. Yeah. You may. I can't say you won't. But I'm, I, I, I like my chances better of finding a godly person in godly places. Yeah, I, I just think I got a whole lot better chance of finding a godly spouse in godly places than, than some of the places uh, some folks are trying to look and trying to find uh, a, a spouse. This woman here uh, was brought before uh, Adam, and he recognized immediately that they were uh, kindred spirits. He understood uh, just by looking at her, uh, after looking at all the other creation, he recognized that this woman uh, was different, and she was created. There was no doubt uh, in, in Adam's mind, after looking at all the other creatures that had been marched before, for him, that this woman was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, that she had been created particularly for him. Now, the reason that is important is uh, very simply this. Uh, there, again, there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of things, a lot of tentacles uh, to that statement that when we find God's person, if you believe this morning that the person. You are with. Now, I'm shifting here from talking about pre-marriage now to marriage. If you believe that that person was designed for you and chosen for you by God, then isn't that going to influence how you treat that person? Isn't that going to influence how you relate to that person? Adam again, as he looked at Eve, he knew she again was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, that God had created her just for him. And so as he dealt with her, as he interacted with her, he treated her like a creation of God. Anybody ever, anybody here got anything that maybe your children or your grandchildren made? Anybody here got anything that uh, that uh, that uh, well, that they created with their own hands and gave to you as a gift? Anybody got anything like that? If you come in my bathroom, hanging up on the mirror is this little sunshine made out of construction paper. A little yellow, smiley face with some little orange things. I guess sunbeams coming off of. All Malia's life, since she was a baby, bless her heart, for Caleb last week was Easter, and I sing to Caleb on Easter, what a beautiful day for the Lord to come again. All Malia's life, I've sang, you are my sunshine. She just looked. And when she was little, she made that. And that's still hanging in my bathroom. It's important to me. If you come in my office over to church. I've got other things that the kids have made hanging on my wall. They are important to me because they were created for me, especially for me. If you look at my desk, I have cards and other things that people have given me and children in the church and my children that have been created for me by those kids. And they are important to me. And you and I would tangle if you tried to, to destroy one of them. Just, just letting you know. You know, you come in my office, don't say why you've got that crazy looking picture on your wall. If you don't like it, don't hang it on your wall. Okay? I didn't say it was pretty. I said it was created by somebody very special on me. It was created especially for me. And I take care of it. And I cherish it. Because, not because necessarily it's of great value. Not because necessarily it's beautiful. Not because I could sell it for a great sum. 
but because it's a one-of-a-kind created just for me. If you and I, and, and again, I hope you believe that, that you look at your spouse and you look at them with that mindset. He or she was created especially for me. There is no doubt in my mind, and I'm not going to bore you or scare you or whatever with a long story of how it all came to be. But I can tell you, there is no question in my mind that Rhonda was made by God for me, and he had to move heaven and earth to bring us together. There, there are a few people in this room who know the story and, and know that what, what I, I said, we have known each other since we were about 10 or 11 years old. For, for a good portion of those years, we hated the ground each other walked on. You know, it, it was, you know, we despised each other. Then one of us would like the other one and the other would hate the other one. And it would switch. And finally, eventually, it got lined up where we both liked each other at the same time. You know, listen, there's no doubt in my mind she was created for me by God. Listen, when you look at your spouse, whether you're looking at the spouse you got or you're looking for a spouse, don't settle. Young people, listen to me. Don't settle for any old dingbat that comes walking along. Don't settle for anything less than the boy or the girl that God created just for you. Don't take Satan's junk. Don't take just anything. It may seem like it's a long, long, you've been looking for a long time. You may think, you listen, you'd be better off never finding anybody than not finding the one that God has for you. I, I could probably, maybe even in this room, I'm not sure, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars, but, but, but probably could have some people stand up here and come to this microphone and tell you about getting tangled up with the wrong one. Getting, getting tangled up with the wrong spouse. Some of you think back and you're saying, thank God I figured out they were the wrong one before I married You dated them and you thought you were in love, but after a while... You realize, no, I'm not in love. They're not the one that God has for me. Listen, the key to a happy home, to, to a good marriage, is right out of the gate, finding the person that God has for you. And then once you get them, you treat them and you love them like God created them just for you. How, you know, again, what makes a home happy when, when those two treat each other and relate to each other, understanding that he or she was created and she was a gift to me by God. If you had anything, if you had a package, if you had some item, and, and that item was something, that God had come by your house and knocked on your door and said, I want you to have this. What would you do with that item? You'd take it in your house and you'd probably build a special case. You'd put lights on it. You'd make, it would be the center of attention in your home, wouldn't it? If you had something that God gave you. Let me ask you this. How many believe that God gave you the gift of salvation? Okay, just got one saved person in the building. I'm going to try again. How many of you believe God gave you the gift of salvation? Getting a little better. Let me ask you this. Do you cherish and love the gift of salvation? 
Well, if God designed and get listen, uh, let me go back to salvation. Do you believe that God designed before the foundation of the earth the plan of salvation? This is yes, this is no. From the very beginning, from right here in Genesis, God knew that it was going to cost him his son for you to have salvation, right? He designed it. He planned it. Do you believe that God has designed and planned your spouse, your mate? If you cherish the salvation that God gave you, shouldn't you cherish the spouse that God gave you? Shouldn't they be number one? Shouldn't they be the most important thing in your life other than God? Listen, as God looks at this, I want you to understand something. This wasn't an afterthought. Eve was not something that God looked and said, "Uh uh-oh, missed something. This had been God's plan from day one to create this woman for her. He says, I will make. God has somebody special for you. Why did God create woman? Look what he says. He says, woman was created because it wasn't good for man to be alone. The word not good means incomplete. Means not finished. Unfulfilled. God says, I've got a plan for her. I've got a plan for him. I want to create, he says here, a helpmate. Now, I, I know we live in women's lib world. And I know that there are quite likely some people joining us by internet, maybe even in this room, who when I get down to this part where it says God created Eve as a helpmate, some of them will slid up to the end of their chair and say, let's see what this nut says next. Being a helpmate is not a bad thing. Being a helpmate does not mean that the woman is inferior to the man. In fact, if you go through Scripture time and time again, you will see the word help. You will see the exact same word used to describe and refers to God. That he is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. It's the same word. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. What, What it means is, is God gave man a wife to do what he couldn't do alone. You know, like pick up his own dirty clothes. Well, sure, I'd get an amen there. You know, fix his own food, find his shoes. You know, all those important things he needs to do. And God says he's going to create that help me. Listen, he also, I might as well throw this in while I'm there. You'll notice my point is find God's person, not God's people. He didn't bring Adam, Eve, and Lucy, and Lisa, and Ann, and Sherry, and whoever else, or Fred, or George. I better throw that in in today's world. He brought Adam one woman, and he gave Eve to one man. In the original, right here from day one, God defined marriage. Our world today is wanting to redefine marriage. Yeah. Listen, if you you get on the internet and look, you can find people marrying their dogs and cats and trees. We've lost our stinking mind in this world. We have gone absolutely... And not only, listen, here's what bothers me. It doesn't bother me so much that people want to marry their dog or their cat 
or their water oak tree in the front yard. What bothers me is the rest of this bunch of knuckleheads that tells me I've got to accept it. If you're crazy enough to marry a water oak tree, you and the tree be blessed. I don't know. Just don't tell me I got a like and approve of it. Don't tell me that it's all right in the sight of God. That's not God's plan. God brought Adam, a woman, brought Eve, a man, one apiece, didn't give them a plan B, they didn't have an out clause, they were together through thick and thin till death do us part. That was God's plan. Listen, a lot of people are going into marriage, and I hear this. They're going into marriage, well, we're going to try it. Now, you don't try marriage. You go to Baskin Robbins and you get one of them little tiny spoons and try ice cream. You don't try marriage. Marriage is a commitment. You again, but if you believe that God, you know, if I believe that God created Fudge Ripple ice cream just for me, I'd go get me a barrel of Fudge Ripple ice cream. I wouldn't get strawberry. I wouldn't. I'd get Fudge Ripple. I'd get that even if I don't think God created it just for me, by the way. When you believe everything about a marriage and about a happy home is founded on that principle that God created my spouse, my mate, just for me. Just for me. My alone. God brought her to Adam. Those of you today who are listening online, those of you in this room, young people who are listening to me, the question is not, who can I find? Who do I want? Who can I get? The question is, who has God brought to you? That's the question. That's the challenge today, is to find that person. Listen, the Bible tells us that, again, John Phillips says this. I, I, I want to I read this just the way he wrote it. He says, marriage is ordained of God. The whole idea originated with him. He knows the heart's needs of every one of his children. He plans to meet those needs. Nothing can be worse than an unhappy marriage. A marriage resulting from self-will and courtship, divorced from the mind and the will of God. Can we not trust God to bring into our lives the one he has made just for us? How many of you here are familiar with C.S. Lewis and some of his writings? But in the screw tape letters, one of the sections, and I, I'm not going to do it justice because I don't have it memorized, but in one of the sections, the devil and the demon are talking. And they're talking about a believer, a Christian, and how they can't do anything about their salvation. But how can we make them miserable? And the, the devil and the demon, one word, they get together and they decide, here's what we'll do. We'll put them in a bad marriage. We'll bring them, we'll put before them the wrong person. And that's just paraphrasing. You, want, you have to go read the screw tape letters for yourself. Listen, everything about a good marriage, everything about a solid marriage, a godly marriage, revolves around one simple fact. Finding the person God created for you and then loving them and treating them like they were created by God for you. That's what a marriage... Listen, you can call Dr. Phil if you want to. You can call Oprah and them clowns. I'm telling you, that's the secret to happy marriage. Is out of the gate, find the person God created for you, and then treat them like God created them for you. Treat them like a creation of God. Find God's person. Second thing, focus on God's priority. Second thing he says, look in verse 24. He says, then the next thing that he says there is 
Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Um, okay, here we go. I'm fixing to go down a dangerous little pipeline here. But I'm going to say it or bust. Therefore shall he leave his father and mother. What he says is, is there is no greater priority in a man or a woman's life outside of their spiritual walk than their marriage. It's more important than your job. It's more important than your kids. It's more important than your grandkids. More important than, and boy, that's hard to say. More important than your, than, than any other relationship. It's been said over and over. I'm not the creator of this statement. Men, the best thing you can do for your kids is love their mother. Not all the gifts and the toys and the money and all the other things you could give them or do for them. The best thing you can do for them is to love their mother. Ladies, the best thing you can do for your children is love their father. You want to do great damage to your children? Badmouth your spouse in front of them. Sure is quite this morning. Listen, he says, leave. That word leave literally means forsake. Your priority, according to this passage of scripture, is not your parents, not your children, nothing. But Adam was to the, 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 the message that is here is Eve is the most important thing in your world. In your earth, other than God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She is the most important. You leave. The other word that is used in the New Testament is the word cleave. You leave and you cleave. The word cleave means to come together, to join together, to glue together, to cement together, to become one physically, emotionally, spiritually. Become one. Listen, the priority that God has put into the home. And again, it comes back to my first point. Is if you believe that your spouse is God's creation just for you, how can you have any other priority? Listen, now I'm not saying you abandon your parents. It's not what God is saying. It's not saying you abandon or ignore your children. It's saying your priority is your spouse. You figure everything else out after that. It's like, again, I've shared with you before. I wish I could find it. That puzzle I had that had the little thing, the numbers, pieces around it, one in the middle. You had to get that one in the middle right or the whole, you, no matter what else you did, that puzzle wasn't working. If you'll put your spouse as your priority, everything else will start falling into place. You focus, you find God's person, then you focus on God's priority, and then finally, you follow God's plan. Again, look what he says. Shall leave his father and mother and cleave into his wife. Can I tell you something? Happily ever after is not a fairy tale. It's God's plan. Now that doesn't mean there aren't rough spots and hard times in marriage. But if you never forget that your mate is God's gift, God's design just for you, listen. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, just as the Trinity is one. 
just, he says, the Lord, just as the Trinity is one, we are to be inseparable, one with our spouse. You ever tried to explain the Trinity to somebody? People use all kinds of analogies. They say it's like an egg. You've got the shell, the white, the yellow. They say it's like water, steam, ice, and water. They use all kinds of analogies, but you never just can quite explain the Trinity. Father, Son, the Spirit, they're one. Listen, I want to ask you a question. Any of you in here know a couple who, when you think about them, you don't think of... I, I'm going to give you one some of you remember. Some of you won't remember who I'm talking about. But I, I, I'm going to tell you one that just, anytime I think about marriage and being one and being a happy family, believing with all your heart that your spouse is a gift of God, there's one couple that jump off the page for me. And that's Wilbur and Dorothy Griffith. Those of you that remember Wilbur and Dorothy, I remember them coming into church and Wilbur was pushing a hundred. Barely could walk himself. Dorothy, they come in that back door in that back ramp. He couldn't hardly walk. Dorothy wasn't much better. Dorothy was worse than him. And somebody would step up and say, let me help you. I got her. I got her. He wasn't walking his wife. She was his. I got her. She started to stumble and somebody else tried to help her. I got her. You didn't ever hear anybody say Wilbur or Dorothy. When they talked about him, it was always Wilbur and Dorothy. They were, they, you know, of course, I think they've been married for 108 years. I don't know. They've been together forever. And I knew in my heart, standing there that day doing Wilbur's funeral, that I'd be back in just a few days. I knew that I'd be back in just a few days. And sure enough, I don't think it was a week and a half. And we were doing Dorothy's. And had it been the other way around, it would have been the same. If Dorothy would have went first, a week later we'd have been doing Wilbur's. I don't know if it would have took a week if Dorothy would have went first. They were one. If she needed something, he was there. If he needed something, they were one. He looked at her and treated her. He cherished her like a gift of God. I wish all of you could know who I was talking about. I wish all of you would have seen him and know. And you say, and I, I, I wouldn't have needed to preach this message this morning. I just, if Wilbur and Dorothy was here today and they were in this room and you knew them, I'd just say, the Bible says act like Wilbur and Dorothy. Let's go eat. I think it even almost a hundred years old. If you'd have said something bad about Dorothy, Wilbur would have busted a chair over your head. And he was the most gentle, kind man, one of the, one of the most gentle, kind men I ever met. But I dare you to mess with Dorothy. I've watched him when she was in the hospital. Same thing. We let the nurses take care of her. He's taking care of his wife. They were one. He treated her like she was a cherished gift of God, and she did the same. Listen, it all begins, it all starts all the way back with that understanding that my spouse was prepared for me and created specifically by God. We live in a culture that is defined by Abandoned, single mothers, easy divorce, broken homes. God's got a better plan. God has a better plan. And I might as well go ahead and I've made everybody else mad. I might as well go down this road. And it's the man's job to lead in that plan. He is to be the spiritual leader in his home. 
I mentioned a while ago when I was on that help me thing. I know a lot of women get upset when you start talking to go down that road. But I want to tell you something. I've never seen a woman, never seen a woman, who minded being the helpmate when the man did what the Bible said and loved his spouse like Christ loved the church. You treat her like she's a gift of God, and you'll be amazed at the difference. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. we've kind of been all over the place on the topic of marriage this morning but it's a big topic and it's under attack I want to close with one thought you cannot love God the way you are supposed to Your relationship with God cannot be what it should be if your relationship with your spouse is not what God designed it to be. You cannot be right with God and be wrong with your spouse. Cannot do it. Can't be right with your spouse and be wrong with God. This morning you're here, and the invitation is wide open. Maybe you want to come this morning and say, Lord, I want to thank God for my spouse that you created and designed just for me. God, help me to treat them like a cherished gift. Maybe you want to come today and you want to pray for your children, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren. God, help them to be be willing and able to wait. Help them to find the man, the woman that you've prepared for them. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, show me that, that woman, that man that you've got designed for me. Maybe you need to go to your spouse and say, forgive me. Maybe this morning you need to get right with God. You can't be the husband or the wife God's called you to be, wants you to be, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today joining us online and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step in a happy home. Then you find God's person. That's that's the step. God, speak into your heart today. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you today that you've allowed us to come here today and deal with a difficult topic in our culture. God, it's not popular to talk about marriage and the home in the way the Bible describes it. In the way you design it. God, we want to redesign marriage. We want to redesign the home. Suit our own fancies. Suit our own desires. Suit our own pleasures. God, I pray today that we'll be here in this church an example of godly homes. God, there are men and women need to come this morning and thank you for the spouse you've given them. God, who need to come this morning and ask you to help them be the spouse you want them to be. Lead them to the spouse you have planned for them. Help them to be the parents, the grandparents. They need to be. Need to pray for their grandchildren, their children, great grandchildren. Now that they would find that person that you have especially designed for them. God have your way here today. God especially for the one today that's watching or joining us here that doesn't know Christ. God, the first step they need to take is by asking Jesus Christ to come into their heart. We'll give you the glory for what you do this morning. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together.